Blog Talk Radio. Live from Chicago and Las Vegas, you're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One with LaVar and Mary on Blog Talk Radio. Pretty much 
what some people are saying. I won't use that word. What I'm also upset about is that it was a senseless act that has claimed the lives of five people. And whether I agree or disagree with their politics, it's senseless deaths that did not need to occur. And while they may have been there and doing things that were illegal, which it was, they still are human. They still have families who are now mourning them tonight. And among which, probably one of the most upsetting things out of this is the Capitol Hill police officer who died from injuries sustained in the riot wanted to become a police officer his entire life. I don't think that it is worth mentioning uh, names of people who uh, were still trying to figure out their exact rationales and reasoning. The only name that I will mention tonight is that of Brian Sicknick, who had joined the Capitol Police in 2008 and was injured while physically engaging with protesters. Uh, according to sources, they reported that he was hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during the melee. His death will be investigated by Capitol Police and the Metropolitan Police Department, Washington federal agencies. 42 years old, served his country honorably in both Operation Enduring Freedom and Operation Desert Shield, honorably discharged in 2003. And because of the rationale for which people decided to break the law, which it was, we're not going to deny that. And if you do, then you obviously don't know the law. People died. It didn't have to be. People who think that this is some type of war games who probably have never even uh, been in active military. A few people were, which is even more dangerous because they know better. And it's very upsetting to see that it wasn't about something major. It was about because someone felt that they were robbed of something which had no baseless claims whatsoever. And until you have proof, and I don't care what other news channels show or what you saw on an Internet site, it is a bigger problem in this country when people decide that the only way that they have their voices heard is to engage in violence. You can go back and say, well, what about last summer? We've said the same thing then, that we did not feel that the other groups that had put themselves within groups were doing what they did. That was wrong as well. But they didn't go into federal buildings and threaten people and break the law just outright. Going into the U.S. Capitol, I never thought I'd see today. And I am in agreement where every, and I'm going to use the word idiot, who decided to take their pictures, take video, I would hope 
that the law in itself works out and that those people are punished, as they should be. And I will tell you, over the last 24, 48 hours, I have had people, both sides of the aisle, and I hate that we even have to say both sides of the aisle or label yourselves as a Democrat or Republican. It's strange to me that we label ourselves as those when we're all Americans, and all that is is just a sub-label of how you vote. It's not even a label. And even then, just like black or white or Hispanic, or gay or straight. It's a sub-label. We are people. That's the main label that's placed on all of this. People. And the funny thing is, is that at the end of the day, everyone wants the same thing. They want to be heard. They want to be respected. They want the same liberties and happiness that everybody else wants. That's the main thing that we've got going for us. And yet people... Some people are below them, that they have certain uh, rights to be, quote, in charge or be leaders of. There is no one that is above of being a leader. I don't care what group you define yourself with. If you are the right person for the job, and it, based upon your peers, if you are elected to that or if you feel that you or they feel that you are the right person, no matter whether you are black, whether you are white, whether you are Hispanic, whether you are Asian, whether you are gay or straight, if you are the right person, your group of peers will elect you and let you know. But until this country can sit down and pretty much discuss the issues that we have, and until there are people who will actually listen, unfortunately, we're going to have the same problems seems to be a continuing tilt-a-whirl of issues. And what I said the other day was that the actions then is not patriotism, and those causing chaos are not patriots. Patriots, to me, the direct definition of patriots are people who step up and serve our country in times when it is more military-based. And I can't tell you that, you know, the actions of that is despicable. It will not and should not stand. And while our nation has been bruised by that, Pray that those who do good, it will heal. And I hope that cooler heads will prevail. That's pretty much all I'll say on that tonight. Uh, as I stated, you're listening to page one. Uh, I'm LeVar. Uh, Mary's off tonight. And I wanted to let you guys know um, that uh we will uh, cover some things here that we didn't get a chance to cover. Uh, but first, what I want to do is uh, we'll take a uh, – we'll go ahead and we'll go through it. Uh, but what I wanted to do uh, was kind of uh, go back on uh, some things that uh, we didn't get a chance to cover uh, in the last uh, show that we did. Um, 
I know we were beginning to tell you about things to expect this year um, and things that were going to happen. Um, of course, 1921 uh, to 2021, the 100th anniversary of a few things that are going on. Um, 1921, the 100th anniversary of the first World Series game on radio. Uh, that will be observed this year. And also, uh, one of the other things uh, that will be observed this year, the full-length silent comedy drama of The Kid, which was written, produced, directed, and starring Charlie Chaplin, uh, and his Tramp character with Jackie Coogan was released in the U.S. That happens January 21st. We'll have the 100th anniversary uh, of that. Uh, the Tulsa Race Massacre, which you will probably hear a lot about come May. Uh, that will be the 100th anniversary of that this year as well. Uh, September 13th, White Castle opens in Wichita, Kansas, the 100th anniversary of that. And um, also... September 8th, the 100th anniversary of the first Miss America being crowned. Had they lived, celebrating their 100th birthdays this year would have been Nancy Reagan, actress Donna Reed, uh, actress Carol Channing, Betty Friedan, Lana Turner, uh, politician Lloyd Benson, Alan Hale Jr., Chuck Connors, Peter Ustinoff, Sugar Ray Robinson, Jane Russell, John Glenn, Whitney Young, Alex Haley, Esther Williams, Gene Roddenberry, Alan Freed, Steve Allen, and also uh, it would have, it's to be Prince Philip, uh, who will be 100. And uh, 1971, 50th anniversary of things happening this year, uh, January 12th. Uh, coming up in the next few days. All in the Family debuts on CBS. January 31st uh, will be the 50th anniversary of Apollo 14, completing its third successful lunar landing mission. Uh, the Allman Brothers legendary Fillmore East concert. Uh, the Ed Sullivan Show ended 50 years ago this year. Starbucks has found it. Amtrak begins their inner city rail passenger service. Willy Wonka turns 50, and Walt Disney World opened in Orlando. A lot of celebrities who turned 50 this year. Uh, 1996, one of the interesting things. Uh, the worst blizzard in U.S. history. Uh, 30.7 inches of snow in Philadelphia. Over 150 people killed. Uh, the Comet Hellbop was cited. Uh, it happens once every 2,533 years. Uh, the Value Jet Flight 592 crash in the Florida Everglades, uh, 25th anniversary of that. 25th anniversary of Dolly the Sheep. And then uh, the Summer Olympics in Atlanta. And Diana and Charles officially divorcing. Uh, Operation Desert Strike occurred. Under Armour found it. Bill Clinton wins his second term. The John Bonet Ramsey uh, murder case uh, occurred. Uh, 
turning 25 this year, Lord Haley Steinfeld, Zendaya, Sophie Turner, Tom Holland, Dove Cameron, and Florence Pugh. Uh, it's also the 25th anniversary of us losing Gene Kelly, George Burns, Ella Fitzgerald, and Tupac this year. Uh, in film, uh, Independence Day Twister, Nutty Professor, uh, it is the 25th anniversary of those films as well. Um, uh, so it's quite a few things that are coming around this year. Um, and then uh, some of the things, uh, Dish Network began service. TV Land debuted 25 years ago. Also for the wrestling beat, July 7th, 25 years ago that Hulk Hogan turned heel. <laughs> uh, June 23rd marks the Austin 316 speech by Stone Cold. Major League Baseball on Fox 25 years ago. Uh, the final episode of Murder, She Wrote. And uh, a lot of TV shows debuted that year. Um, also, like I said, 1971 uh, was the end of the rural purge, which they called on CBS of shows like Mayberry RFD, Dark Shadow, um, I'm sorry, Mayberry RFD, Green Acres, Beverly Hillbillies, uh, anything, as they said, that didn't have a tree in it. <laughs> Uh, Masterpiece Theater, uh, Sonny and Cher also turned 50 this year, as well as Columbo, The Electric Company, and McMillan and Wife. So a lot of those things uh, turning 50 this year. But that is a look at that. Also, uh, since we didn't get to it at the top of the show, uh, on the Almanac, as we usually do, today is National Argyle Day. National Bubble Bath Day, National English Toffee Day, National Joy Germ Day, which actually is a meaning of actually being joyful for everything and being appreciative and trying to spread that. Uh, National Winter Skin Relief Day, and then tomorrow, National Apricot Day, National Balloon Ascension Day, National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day, uh, National Static Electricity Day, National Vision Board Day, which is always the second Saturday in January, and then on Sunday, National Bittersweet Chocolate Day, National Cut Your Energy Cost Day, National Oysters Rockefeller Day, National Save the Eagles Day, National Sunday Supper Day. Uh, throughout the week, National Clean Your Desk Day will be on uh, Monday, and then uh, Tuesday, National Pharmacist Day and Kiss a Ginger Day. So if you're a redhead, uh, you are in luck. <laughs> uh Tonight, we did have some topics that we were going to discuss, uh, one of which, uh, and being as Mary is not here, um, one of the things that we were going to talk about, uh, even before all of this kind of happens, which kind of shows you how the, the weird part of this week has been, we began with history making in Georgia, uh, with elections of Senators worn off and uh, us off, but here we are now on Friday. But anyway, uh, one of the topics was about Boston University's basketball teams, which players on both uh, BU's men's and women's basketball teams wore masks during game action in their respective season opening matches against Holy Cross last week. 
And with the COVID-19 pandemic continuing in cases surging in Massachusetts, Boston University's basketball teams are taking another preventative measure to help slow the spread. Those players wore masks during game action in their respective season opening matches against Holy Cross on Monday. Players on both teams in a women's game, which was hosted by Boston University, wore masks due to the school's mandate. In the men's matchup, Holy Cross players didn't wear masks while playing because the university doesn't require players to wear masks in games it hosts. Players on both teams are expected or were expected to wear masks in Tuesday's game, which is at Boston University's campus. And the game is believed to be the first men's college basketball game in which both teams will be wearing masks on the court. And they both play in the Patriot League, which it canceled non-conference play this season. Monday's, uh, last Monday's matchups were the first games of the season for both teams. And the question that came out was, if they have to wear masks, what is the point, uh, pretty much, of having to play at all and the fact of it being harder? Which I would think at this point that if you are going to wear masks, depending on the athlete, and these are finely tuned athletes that you're actually looking at, uh, I don't know how that would be. Uh, it's something in which a lot of sports you really won't see that because of the amount of uh, athleticism that has to take place and the breathing that has to take place. Uh, I don't know if there's studies out yet about how it went for the basketball game or if there will be a way one day to probably uh, do without or do with some modified version. Uh, But apparently, uh, uh, from reports back on that, things went well. Um, and they actually made their way through the game. So actually good for them. Uh, I don't know if it's going to catch, though. I think you will just see it in those portions of uh, NCAA. Uh, NCAA, of course, has not made that a mandate for everyone, but uh, that pretty much is the way that that goes. Um a couple of the other stories tonight that we were looking at, and I guess one thing, too, that I will clear from last week. Last week we kind of did uh, our potpourri, did not have time to finish. We had through two envelopes. And I had a few people probably asking me, hey, LeVar, what was the other envelope and what was in that other envelope of the story that you did not do? And I will share with you tonight of what it was. And... The story that we did not get through and that we did not do was that there is a new game out. Well, a new take on an old game. If you've ever chosen Monopoly uh, for your next game night, there's a good chance that you're not trying to make it a quick one. Pretty much what's going on is that the classic board game is infamous for lasting much longer than many players' attention spans. But for true Monopoly fans, that's part of the charm. After all, it takes time to build a real estate empire, even if yours only exists on a two-dimensional board. Now Hasbro is giving its most devoted Monopoly heads the opportunity to expand their domain even further with the longest game ever edition. As Nerdist reports, the board features 66 properties, which is 38 more than the original version. And since there's only one die, not two, You'll be inching around the perimeter at a snail's pace, or to be more accurate, at a tortoise's pace. The gold and silver game pieces are shaped like tiny tortoises in hairs. Auctions aren't allowed, but there are a couple of other updates that help move money. Normally, nothing happens when you land in a free parking space. In this version of the game, you get paid. 
You can also tear each bill along the perforated line to split them into smaller sums, which could increase your purchasing options. The largest chain, however, has to do with how the game is won. Unlike traditional Monopoly, this edition doesn't end when all but one player goes bankrupt. In fact, you have to keep playing after you declare bankruptcy. In order to best your opponents in this longest game ever, you must own every property on the board. If that sounds like a formidable feat that you and the rest of your game night group would be eager to tackle, you can go ahead and purchase that on Amazon for about 20 bucks. And to tell you, I looked at the picture of the board. It pretty much is the original Monopoly board, but it's layered with another Monopoly board. So the way that it looks is exactly how you think. And when you get past the yellow portion, which I think was what Marvin's Gardens, it then cuts back off, and the railroad begins again and then goes backwards and comes all the way back around, and then it kind of cuts back to get back to the original port of where you left off at. You have to see it. Uh, I know Mental Floss has a picture of the board, and it's something that you definitely have to see. Uh, I know I used to love playing Monopoly on those game nights, but that was always a thing that it took way too long to play. That one, I know for a fact that that would probably be a seven- or eight-hour challenge now. I, I don't know exactly what Monopoly fans would want to play, the longest Monopoly game ever. But, hey, if you're looking for something post-Christmas to do with the kids and you want to waste the entire evening, go right at it. <laughs> also on the show tonight, uh, we uh, I, I was going to have a commentary um, regarding uh, this weekend. This weekend marks not only the uh, birthday, if he had lived, but also the death of David Bowie. Uh, tonight, uh, before I do the regular commentary in place of this commentary because of the things that have happened this week, uh, we'll have our retro PSA and retro commercial uh, that will uh, pay homage to David Bowie. But uh, the one thing that I want to talk about is the use of the word patriot or patriotism this week. Uh, this week came word of two uh, people who passed away who, to me, uh, embody the word patriot. Um, you know, it gets thrown around. A lot of words get thrown around. And the first such person who was a patriot is James Richardson. Uh, James's name is not popular. He wasn't an actor, and he was not a celebrity in any right. But James is a Tennessee man who was among the last surviving members of the World War II jungle fighting unit known as Merrill's Marauders. Uh, passed away a couple of weeks ago, but it's just now coming to press at the age of 99. Uh, lived in Jackson, Jacksboro, and he was among nearly 3,000 U.S. soldiers who was deployed in 1944 on a secret mission behind enemy lines in Japanese-occupied Burma. They battled hunger, disease, and enemy troops while trekking roughly 1,000 miles to capture a Japanese-held airfield. Barely 200 of the soldiers remained in the fight at the mission's end, including Richardson, who kept going despite malaria and a bullet wound to his shoulder. And kids said that they felt like he felt that he was never quite going to die. He had a gift that just seemed to stay with him. He was one of the just nine surviving Merrill's Marauders earlier this year uh, when Congress decided to uh, vote and award the unit its highest honor, the Congressional Gold Medal. Uh, 
He was often dispatched alone into the jungle to deliver messages between officers. He earned a dozen medals, including a Purple Heart and the Bronze Star. And also passing away uh, and coming to light today is Theodore Ted Lumpkin, who also is a patriot. Not well known, but he was part of the all-black unit of Tuskegee Airmen, who helped to desegregate the U.S. military. Passed away at the age of 100 on December 26 at a hospital just days shy of his 101st birthday. And while family said that he lived a full life, he was drafted into the military in 1942 when he was a 21-year-old student at UCLA, assigned to the 100th Fighter Squadron of the all-black unit in Tuskegee, Alabama, as a second lieutenant with the U.S. Army Air Force. And his eyes weren't good enough to become a pilot, so he served as an intelligence officer briefing pilots about missions during his overseas combat tour in Italy. And during his tenure in the military, he earned his bachelor's and master's degrees from USC, met his wife while he was a student, and got married. Years later, retiring from the Air Force Reserves as a lieutenant colonel. And his family stated that he didn't talk much about his service. He maybe mentioned some incident or buddy. And even his wife said that he didn't talk much about it. And when she realized who those guys were and what they had done, she was just overcome at how much they persevered. They didn't bow down. They achieved things that detractors said that they couldn't and weren't capable of doing. And the Tuskegee Airmen received the highest civilian recognition in 2007 with the Congressional Gold Medal. Two years later, he was invited to the White House uh, when then-President Barack Obama invited them, and also to the inauguration. Those are people that we want to remember as patriots fighting for our freedom. They didn't divulge outside of anything else and didn't decide to rage terror or attack the capital that they have sworn to protect in a nation. These are patriots. That's who the definition belongs to. You're listening to page one, and as I said, uh, we'll take a quick break here. But before we take a quick break, I wanted to let you know that tonight's retro moment is in honor of the memory of David Bowie. And the reason why I'm such a big fan is because uh, it is well known of David Bowie's story of what, uh, even as a singer, the things that he has accomplished. And the one primary reason that I love David Bowie is because of the infamous video that you see of him in an interview with MTV in which he questioned why a lot of black musicians were not seen on that channel. Uh, I will tell you to go to the <laughs> to go online to YouTube and watch either two minutes of the video or the full entire six-minute video, and by no means of his own, uh, the interviewer at that time, I think it was Mark Goodson, not known of the television fame, but uh, came up with a bunch of rationales and reasons to. I know to this day uh, he probably felt he probably shouldn't have. And just to look on David Bowie's face uh, and his disbelief at the answer, and he calmly and so eloquently made his case. And if it wasn't for that and the head of Epic Records at that time, pretty much threatening not to give MTV any more videos of their artists. Uh, it caused a revolution of artists finally being played on MTV. 
So tonight we've got a retro MTV commercial, audio of David Bowie. Uh, if you hear him say, ow, 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 it's because it was an MTV B, quote-unquote, that was stinging him, but you can watch the video on YouTube. And then after that, it's David Bowie PSA for Save the Children from 1984. So we'll play both of those, and then we will take a quick break and be right back. You're listening to Page One on Block Talk Radio. America, demand your MTV. I want my MTV. Turn it on. I want my MTV. I want my MTV, MTV, MTV! Too much. What? Yeah, too much. It's never, 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 never enough. Call your cable company and say, I want my MTV. Hi, this is David Bowie. What do you think of when someone talks about the children of the poorest of the poor? Do you ever think of children from the inner city or American Indian reservations? Save the Children has been working hard for 50 years to improve the lives of American children too. Find out how they're helping your own and the world's children. Write to me, David Bowie, in care of Save the Children, Westport, Connecticut, 06880. You're listening to Page One with LaVar and Mary on Block Talk Radio. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LeVar and Mary. with you tonight. Mary is off. And like I said, this has been one of those long weeks where we had a lot of stories uh, for you tonight. Some of them we will table until next week. Uh, One of the other interesting stories that I saw here, (laughs) and I didn't think it would be happening so soon, but the question arose uh, in the article here. It says, 30 is the new 50. Most Americans say that they feel physically older than they really are. Uh, so the article begins off with the question of do the aches and pains of the daily grind make you feel years older because you really are? A new survey finds that you're not alone. In fact, 64% of Americans between 25 and 45 say that they feel physically older than their actual age. The one poll study finds 4 in 10 say that they also have aches and pains that they have no idea where they came from. The average American has seven different aches they can't explain. However, 73% feel younger than they really are. 63% of respondents admit that they feel much older than they expected to at the current age. Nine out of ten Americans report being concerned about their heart health. Immune health took 87%. Eye health, 87% are also major uh, health concerns respondents have. And it comes to what's making us feel old. Over half the poll, 55%, said they perceived premature aging themselves, their belief, and the adage that youth is wasted on the young. Uh, Five in ten people attributed this difference to a lack of time to focus on improving their health and wellness because of work or family responsibilities. 40% linked it to not 
buying nutritious food when grocery shopping. Uh, one in three respondents added that parenting has aged them, and another 33% blame the uncomfortable state of their workstation ergonomics rather than the stress of their actual jobs. Uh, the survey was commissioned by Omega-3 supplement Cori Pure uh, Antric Krill Oil, uh, which found a link between struggling with age and nutrition. Uh, more than half of the respondents say that they still struggle to consume the right amounts of nutrients. Another 71% couldn't identify the right number of daily servings required from each food group. So, you know, I, I think in a way, when you look back at the study, we don't take good care of ourselves. Uh, those that do even sometimes probably still have other stresses outside of taking care of themselves. And I think it was interesting where a lot of people were concerned about heart health uh, only because of maybe some of the things that we're eating and stresses that we're putting on our heart and immune health and then eye health because we are now, an, uh, not nation, but we are now a world in which we're either looking at a phone, looking at a computer constantly a lot more so than we were when we were younger. Well, if you're in certain age brackets. Uh, if you are in the age bracket of where you are 40 and over, you know, a lot of parent, our parents used to be worried that looking at the TV, we would strain our eyes or looking at too much TV, which is why they always told you to go outside and start playing. Uh, but I think that it's very interesting that now people between 25, starting at 25, and 45 physically don't feel or they feel older than their actual age. That's scary because I think at 25, when I was 25, uh, and I won't tell you when, <laughs> at 25, I think I felt 25. And I'm not sure if it is because of how society has gone in the last 20 years or 25 years or so, but it definitely is a scary thing of us feeling a lot older and aging ourselves, aches and pains. I used to tell people when you turn 30 was one of the things that happened that are supposed to happen for you because at that point, that's when you can't eat like you used to, when you could have in the past gone out and eaten everything in sight, drank everything in sight, and not pay for it. And then once you turn 30 or once you turn 40, even a little bit of those things affect you. Um, so, yeah, I mean – I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure out there a lot of you uh, probably feel maybe a little bit older uh, than you do. But, hey, I tell you, uh, a little bit of science news here. Uh, interesting science news that I'm not sure is going to uh, be widely accepted by a lot of people. But this from the New York Post, uh, the article talks about uh, – how atomic clock scientists suggest shortening the minute to 59 seconds. Uh, nevertheless, Earth slows down for no one, and in fact, according to global time officials, it's speeding up, prompting pretty much suggestions to shorten the minute by a second. Data shows our former 24-hour daily rotation is decreasing incrementally, uh, making the day marginally shorter. So, for example, Sunday lasted only 23 hours, 59 minutes, and 59.999827 seconds, according to timeanddate.com. And though the planet's rotation rate may speed up or slow down significantly from day to day due to natural, terrestrial, and celestial alterations, 
uh, astronomical calendar trends indicate that recent years have become shorter overall. Case in point, 2020 beat 2005's shortest day 28 times, and 2021 is slated to be about 19 milliseconds short of a typical year with an average daily deficit of 0.5 milliseconds. The world's clock watchers are used to tinkering with time. Since the development of the atomic clock in the 1960s, leap seconds have been added 27 times to make up for slowing rotation. This according to EarthSky.org. However, the last time the adjustment was called for was in 2016. Since then, Earth has began rotating faster than usual, and now scientists suggest a possible negative leap second in order to bring time into equilibrium with our position in space. And Peter Wiberly, who is a senior research scientist with the National uh, Physical Laboratory's Time and Frequency Group, told The Telegraph that it is certainly correct that the Earth is spinning faster now than at any time in the last 50 years. And it's quite possible that a negative leap second will be needed if the Earth's rotation rate increases further. But it's too early to say if this will likely happen. So definitely keeping an eye on that, and I do know that uh, it seems now it gets darker a lot more quicker than what it used to and that things go fast. But, of course, we all can agree that the only time of the day that time goes fast is either when we're working and it's our lunch hour or when it goes slower, it's time between 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. as we sit there just wishing for the day to end. Well, I don't know about you, uh, but that kind of concludes our, our abbreviated portion of page one for tonight. Just a couple of program notes for you. Coming up this Sunday night, uh, the 411 Lounge uh, returns again. Uh, my guest will be Marcy Diamond, uh, the beautiful adult star. Uh, who makes her return to the 411 Lounge. And uh, if you are around, hopefully you can tell your friends about it and that you will listen in. 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 o'clock Central Time uh, this Sunday night. Uh, Of course, you can always go to News Comment BTR uh, to get the latest on any shows that will occur and this Sunday night, we hope that you can join us. Thanks so much for joining us past, this past Sunday night uh, for the 411 Lounge with Sarah J. Uh, already it's trending towards uh, one of our most listened shows, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, definitely go and take a listen at it. Uh, really interesting uh, interview with Sarah, who I was so happy to have a chance to talk to again. It had been the first time in almost five, six years uh, we had a chance to sit down and talk Uh but she was so nice as always and so generous in coming on and spending time with us, and uh, I can't thank her enough. And, of course, like I said, I'm so excited uh, to have Marcy come back. She actually has a YouTube series of her own that we'll talk a little bit about on Sunday night, Uh, but that is at 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central. And then, of course, we'll be with you here every Friday night for page one um, at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 o'clock Central. So, uh, for Mary, um, I'm LeVar. No shout-outs tonight, but I would shout-out to all of you, uh, especially uh, today, as uh, today was the last uh, original uh, episode of Jeopardy with Alex Trebek, just thinking about that now. Uh, I know in the show he talked about, uh, and it was based on COVID, of just being there for people. And at a time like this, uh, we need to also listen to each other. Be there for each other. Be the good neighbors that 
I know we can be. And that feeling like you have to, quote, fight your own or antagonize or threaten your own. It's not the American way, and don't be fooled by anyone who says that they're doing it for the country because they're not your fellow countrymen. They are more of a terrorist if they are doing those things. Uh, No one I know goes to threaten people and go preparing, quote, for war against your own kind. Um, You know, it's, it's hokey when I say be kind out there, but... That's what this world needs right now, and it needs to stop, breathe, and have a really serious discussion about where we need to head next. It's not in one particular group's way. It's not in another particular group's way. It needs to go back to the way that is best for everyone, because even though it is not going to be the way you want it, at the end of the day, the most important thing that we have to meet is common ground. I thank you all for listening. I thank you all for your support. As always, uh, we are here on Friday nights. Thank you so much for listening. Good night, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple.